0: Blog Talk Radio. Just to what the body has for the last two or three minutes. It's the name, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the show. We are just kind of getting set up and setting our set uh, settling into the show because we've been out all day. And as usual, we planned poorly and got home about five minutes ago.
1: Yep. Uh, right.
0: That that being said, it is podcast time. We are like the most unprofessional podcast on the planet. You do realize that, right?
1: You are unprofessional.
0: I'm here, as usual, my co-host, Danny.
1: Hi, Danny. Hi.
0: Uh, We're just going to do a quick podcast. We're going to just... What's the matter?
1: Nothing. My head's
0: cut off. We're doing video, so uh, we're trying to set up the video as well. It doesn't really, like, stay. And it's very shaky. Like, people are going to (laughs) wind up getting motion sickness today. All right. So, anyway, we're doing a podcast tonight about Disney controversies. And what I mean about Disney controversies is anything they get any backlash about from the media, and um, it, it doesn't happen often. But usually, when it does, it's under a microscope because it's Disney. And as usual, we'll go over any Disney stories, which Disney stories are almost non-existent since our last podcast. Um,
1: really?
0: Yeah, because we talked about the Pizza menu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they had a. We didn't really discuss. There's a prefix menu now at. La Celliere, which is one of our favorite restaurants.
1: Yeah, but you weren't crazy about that.
0: Yeah, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I hate prefix menus to begin with. Um,
1: you
0: do? Well, yeah, cause you know me. I hate anything that's limited.
1: Yeah.
0: I like to yeah, have a little got, choice.
1: Yeah, but if it's got filet on it, then you're Yeah, okay. but it doesn't. Right, but if it did,
0: then you <laughs> what, did. Yeah, if I had filet, I might be okay. <laughs> what it does have, and I'm just going off of memory. We, we'll mention it quickly. Um it has, you get your appetizer, which one of them is the cheddar cheese soup. So I'm all about that. And then, um, boy, I can't even remember the entrees. They have, like, a pasta dish. Mm-hmm. They did have some type of, like, skirt steak and something else. And the prefix menu price is, like, 50 bucks. So if I'm getting, like, an, a small app, a burger, and a creme brulee, and it's $50, bucks, i am probably going to have is an issue with it. It seems like a lot.
1: Although, if you were to get a burger, an app, and a dessert, it probably would be 50 bucks. Where? Any place in Disney, probably. No. You don't think so?
0: Well, no, because you can get a, a burger at Disney for ten or twelve dollars.
1: Right, but not in a sit-down restaurant.
0: Well, how much is a burger over at like, oh, let's say, uh, sci-fi? sci-fi I like, say 15? It's like fifteen or
1: sixteen bucks. Yeah.
0: So you look like at fifteen, ten for a nap, ten for dessert. You're still only looking at thirty-five dollars. Yeah. To me, it's a little bit expensive, but I mean, it's a beautiful restaurant, mm-hmm. and maybe you're paying for the atmosphere. It's definitely one of our favorites, but I would not bother with that prefix menu. I think it's unnecessary. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Because we go there. We rock the steak. We do. It's true. But I'm a big steak nerd. Uh, Other than that, uh, they did have some aerial construction of the Ratatouille ride, which I am super geeked out about. The funny thing is right now there's so much going on at Disney between uh, Toy Story Land just opening up, Star Wars Land coming, the Mickey Mouse ride in Hollywood, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster in Epcot. Mm -hmm. I forget that Ratatouille coming too, Yeah. which to me is, I'm really excited about the Ratatouille ride. Well, yeah, cause it, I've seen the one in Paris
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's a dark ride, which, you know, I'm a huge fan of dark ride. Yep. And uh, it, it tells the story. I mean, to me that's Disney. If it's a dark ride and it tells the story of the movie, like you almost feel like you're within the movie, mm-hmm. I'm down for it. So I'm really excited about the Ratatouille ride, but they have showed construction of that. And I still don't think it's done until twenty twenty maybe
1: maybe
0: which is a ways off, yeah that's the one downside um, Disney is not quick with their renovations and their new stuff, so you get all geeked up and excited for this stuff, and then you realize oh I got a couple of years to wait well yeah. there I
1: am mean, there's a lot of detail that goes into all that stuff,
0: yeah, without a doubt, yeah. which I love and I'd rather wait for quality than have some rushed toy Story line um come in where, you know, things are not up to Disney specs, mm-hmm. Toy Story Land, um, I'd rather have something special. Don't
1: you want to, like, go there and see it first before uh, you say stuff like that? We are
0: both going to be there in September. Now, the funny thing is we are not going to be there together. Nope. Which we have never done solo trips like this mm-hmm. alone. I mean, we've done solo – you've done solo trips with business. Right, but um,
1: I've never gone
0: to Disney by myself, I, and I wouldn't unless so – I, I have never taken security. a solo trip – I'm sorry, I'm adjusting the camera because we're we're <laughs> like sideways and cockeyed and all sorts of nonsense.
1: I, that's why I don't like my
0: I probably shouldn't even do thing. it. But anyway, um, we have never taken solo trips like this before. I'm taking one for my birthday. Uh, Danny can get the time off of work, so I'm going down there to experience Moonlight Magic, which is going to be in Toy Story Land, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for. And I'm also getting the pass holder preview. That's not a preview. It's a but, pass holder after the fact view. Yeah. Of Toy Story Land. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. And believe me, I am not bashing the land. I'm very excited about the land. And from the looks of it at night, I could hang out there all night and just, yeah. like, stare at the lights and be like a big dumb child, go, oh look at the lights. But uh, I am not super excited about the rides. I'm excited for Slinky Dog because I like roller coasters and it looks like a smooth, cool roller coaster. Um, the Alien Saucer Spin, we've discussed it, you know, way over the top already. Everybody knows I hate it. I think it's stupid. I think it's uh and everybody gets mad at me when I say that. I'm not saying it's stupid because it's a kitty ride. I love kitty rides. I love a good kitty ride. I love Winnie the Pooh. As simple as that is, it's still in a dark ride and you feel like you're like in a Pooh adventure.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I hate the fact that it's like a carnival ride with a paint job. And even if you're going to do that, if you're going to do a carnival ride, like you said before, like incorporate the claw or do something. And same thing with Slinky Dog. I mean, we discussed it between you and me, and I've discussed it with John Panda in the last interview. Uh, I'm fine with a roller coaster. What I'm not fine with is do something to incorporate the movie with it, other than the fact that you're in Toy Story Land. I mean, yeah, obviously you're in Toy Story Land. Put a little cutscene in, like uh, the Seven Doors Minecart. Yeah. I mean, think about how small that is. That's the part I look forward to. It's like when you're in the the mine and you look at, it at seven doors, like oh my god, it's awesome. So I mean, you should add something like that to it. That's it with the news. I was
1: gonna say, do you want to get on to
0: the? One yeah, because we really we really need to make this a semi quick one. Um, we ran way late. We're supposed to be watching, and I, I hate to say this on a Disney podcast. We're introducing our daughter to Harry Potter. We're
1: introducing ourselves to Harry Potter. Yeah, and
0: ourselves, because I am not a big Harry Potter fan. It usually seems like if you like Star Wars, you're not a huge fan of Harry Potter. If you're a fan of Harry Potter, you're not a big fan you of say Star that. Wars. You
1: posted that last night, and everyone was like, that's not true at all. Well, that's
0: not what I posted. I posted um, that I'm a Disney fan, and I feel like I'm cheating by watching a Universal yeah, but I mean,
1: thing. There are tons of people who like both. I mean, tons of our friends who are Disney friends love harry potter mm. we're, I, we're like one of the few who aren't familiar with
0: it we will be familiar with it if our daughter likes it yeah we're gonna we bought the first two movies for her and we're gonna watch those if we like them and she likes them we will continue to watch the other ones uh if she has no interest and i hate them then we will not go further with them but that's totally non-disney related what we we're going to talk about tonight was disney controversies and um Disney has had their share of controversies along the way. And the reason why we bring this up is there was a big one recently. And I guess we'll get into that one first. Um, The director of the Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn, has been fired. And he was set to direct the third one. And people love him for the fact that he has a very – he has a different sense of humor. He brings a little bit more of comedy to the Marvel stories – And if you're familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, you know what I mean. Like, they are very amusing. Um, They're not straight-up comedies. They're a good action movie with a little bit of comedy introduced to it. So people have loved his style of directing and the way he writes. And it's a big deal for somebody like that to get fired. Uh, That being said, I've shown you why he was fired. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who... um, is not as big as I am into the, the Marvel Universe, y- you think that that is deserving by all means, right? Yeah,
1: but what does that have to do with whether or not I'm
0: into the Marvel Universe? What well, there there's some fans of the Marvel Universe that are almost willing to overlook it to get a James Gunn movie. Yeah. And I'm under the impression that this is still a Disney company. They cater to family and children. And you cannot have a guy out there regardless of whether it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago, if he was an adult and he's making jokes about pedophilia yeah. or anything in, in that genre, you can't tolerate it. Maybe you could tolerate it with, uh, if you're Miramax or you're 20th, 21st Century Fox or whatever. Yeah. But Even then, I mean, with what goes on now with Harvey Weinstein and all these it's, other things it's, going it's, on. Yeah,
1: and especially something like that. Like, it's just not something that you joke about. Uh, yeah, and
0: I've seen a lot of people say that, you know, he's matured as an adult. But he, he was still an adult when he said this, and he had every opportunity to delete those comments, but they've been standing around for 10 years.
1: So they were still active on his Twitter? Yeah, he
0: I believe he just deleted them this week when they were brought back up again. So, um, and you know what? I can understand people. A lot of people like to bring attention to themselves on social media.
1: Yeah, but there's another, there are other ways to do it. Yeah, by
0: being outrageous, like whatever stupidity they want to pull. I mean, even us. I mean, there's stuff that we do on our crazy for Disney group, you know, I make fun of the Carousel of Progress. Right. And I know that's an p- unpopular opinion, but it's, it creates a conversation and it's, it's kind of amusing. There's some things you don't joke about, right. and, and being a pedophile has got to be, like, probably top two. I, like, I
1: don't even <laughs> understand, like, there's nothing funny about that. Like, well,
0: why? One, there's nothing funny about it, but you almost have to wonder, like, with, with most joking, there's a little bit of seriousness behind it like there's a little bit of knowledge behind that so I don't believe that a, a guy that thinks that something like that is disgusting would la- would laugh about it and joke about it and even bring it up right to me it, it would make no sense so to me Disney did the right thing they didn't look at money they didn't look at you know what the fans would think Right. they knew that this guy was a creeper and they had to get rid of him so I applaud Disney in that aspect but that was weird. Did you see the video just froze up? No. It froze up and made me an ugly face. Uglier than normal. But yeah, so, I mean, as, as a semi-Marvel fan, you, you totally agree, this guy's got to go, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I as any person, whether I'm a fan or not.
0: How do you feel, like, as far as him being a director and moving forward in the community, is this something that, if he's legitimately sorry for and you feel as though, like, he didn't really mean it at the time? Should he continue to have a career in this in this environment just away from Disney or do you think that, you know, this guy's just a creeper altogether and maybe he should look for another line of work? Because that's where it starts getting right, but, a little weird. Well,
1: yeah, but I mean any line of work, like, I wouldn't want to work with somebody who, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't really think it matters what line of work it is. I think he probably needs to get some sort of help or counseling or whatever and then, you know, any type of company, whether it's that, you know, if he's in movies or he does something else is gonna to have to consider whether or not they want to be affiliated with
0: somebody like that yeah because hollywood is funny in the in the fact that if you stay out of the limelight long enough you can make a triumphant return i mean you look at somebody like Mel gibson uh had all those anti-semitic remarks and had all those issues in the past he stayed out of limelight for years and then he was almost like triumphantly returning when mm-hmm. he did that the beaver movie or whatever um so that is the weird thing about Hollywood. So maybe James Gunn will, you know, step away and will hopefully, I'm saying not hopefully for me, but like for his sake, he's mm-hmm. assuming that, you know, he'll be accepted back at one point, but at no point should a company like Disney accept this guy back.
1: No, I agree with
0: that. I mean, you, you're you catering towards families, you're catering towards children. You can't have a, a creepy guy like that. He, I just, to me, he's done.
1: Yeah, My, but, I, but I wouldn't be surprised if other companies pick him up.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh, that being said with him being gone from the Guardians of the Galaxy prog- project, if anybody from Disney's listening, hire Kevin Smith. I love Kevin. I love Kevin Smith and I know the one thing that makes me nervous with Kevin Smith, I think the only like real big budget movie he ever did mm-hmm. was Cop Out, which it's got Kevin Smith directing. Tracy Morgan and Bruce Willis, like three of my favorite people, and that movie was a disaster, so I don't know if... uh, Was it a directing issue,
1: or was it writing, or...
0: You know what the funny thing is, is I looked forward to seeing that. Mm -hmm. We own it on DVD, and I've never watched it. That's how much bad play it got, that I never bothered to check it out. So yeah, I, I look at somebody like Kevin Smith, who's a huge comic book nerd... And when I see these movies, like whether it be Star Wars or Marvel or anything, I want somebody who understands it from a nerd level to continue it. Yeah. Because they just get they get the whole um like the feel of it. Right. Like you almost have to know Guardians of the Galaxy to keep that feel going. So I'm hoping maybe Kevin Smith will be involved. Yeah,
1: that'd be cool.
0: But anyway, let's let's talk about a couple other weird things that, that's gone on in Disney and these were things I remember growing up dealing with these things, uh the aerial The DVD cover. Yeah. If any of you remember, the original DVD cover for Little Mermaid, it looked like there was a phallic-shaped object within the castle. Well, they were.
1: The castle, like the peaks of it were shaped that way, but there was one in particular that (laughs) was very detailed.
0: (laughs) And they play this stuff off. They, they, They pretend like, you know, oh my. And I'm not saying Disney. Like, obviously, Disney's thrown off by this. Right. But to me, somebody snuck that in. That wasn't like an accident.
1: But still, like, how do they get through? Like, I mean, because I work in publishing, so like, every, there's like a million people that have to approve things like that. They have to approve the, the book covers and all of the pictures that are in it. Like, how did that get through so many people? I mean,
0: all I could assume is that it was such a, like, if you ever look at the, the cover of Little Mermaid, it's got the characters on it. It's got this huge golden castle behind yeah. it and diamonds and all sorts of jewelry. And maybe there was so much going on with it that you don't even just didn't think to look at something like that. Yeah, so
1: That's probably something like,
0: her who noticed it. Yeah, or <laughs> like somebody like time trying time. to get back at the company like I'm going to well, No, there. but I'm just saying
1: like who, who noticed it for the, yeah. the
0: time. Like who pointed it out. And then in Lion King there's a section where the, the clouds are going up and it looks like it spells out S-E-X in the clouds. I, I
1: remember hearing that but I don't remember seeing it. And, and
0: I've seen pictures of it before. Uh, you wonder if it's something that was put in there on purpose. If it was something that was totally unintentional and just happened to form that way. You wonder though, when it's that obvious, yeah. if it was accidental, uh, one of the other things they always talk about too is Merida. Uh, the Merida movie itself was this, uh, like she was a tomboy. Mm-hmm. She wanted to be uh, like her own person. She didn't care about being dialed up. Uh, she didn't care about competing against men. She was just going to be this bad tush woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was portrayed that way through the whole film like she didn't want when her mother wanted her to get dressed up that was she, yeah i mean that was her but when they go and when they put her out as a princess they doll her up like all the the dolls all the posters
1: I never heard that until you mentioned that earlier yeah but if
0: you think about it yeah you know she she is not that old school look she's now this you know overly made up princess to fit that that uh I guess the mold of all about the other princess. princesses. I guess I
1: never really noticed it before.
0: Yeah, you know, I never really thought about it either, but when we did a little research to do this show, and believe me, we do very little research, we just kind of throw it on and go. Um, I did notice that. Like, people brought it up, and I was like, yeah, it's true. Like, if mm-hmm. you look at the old pictures, no makeup. Yeah. Just very, like, beautiful in her own way. Mm-hmm. She was a very beautiful girl in the cartoon. I guess if it's cartoon pretty cartoon girl and then they you know they went out of their way to doll her up to put makeup on her, and, yeah. you know, make her look like a princess which yeah that's that's kind of weird uh, one of the other things that the, the big one that we've discussed before is Song of the South yeah we discussed that on one of our old podcasts about uh, Walt Disney because Walt Disney had this idea of doing a Song of the South movie and it, it dealt with slavery back in the day mm-hmm. And a lot of people went to Walt and were like, you know, just don't even touch the subject. Don't try to make slavery like this big happy thing Mm -hmm. and with the uh, the people there whistling songs all day because it it doesn't really give it its uh, due justice. But they obviously they did it their their the way they wanted to anyway. And uh, after the fact, it's become like. This big stain on Disney's reputation Where they try to push it You can't find it anywhere
1: No but I find it interesting that one of their most popular rides Is from that movie
0: Yeah that is very weird That they would go out of their way I mean Splash Mountain And that's legit I think my favorite ride It's,
1: It's probably one of the most popular rides they have
0: What they did do If you're listening to this podcast And have never been on Splash Mountain I'm ashamed of you Get on it I think it's the best ride out there. And, and it's one of the things I love about Disney. They take a a very, like, normal log ride, mm-hmm. flume ride, or whatever you want to call it, that's in every park in the planet. And they turned it into this really cool story. It is yeah. Song of the South, minus all the Uncle Remus stuff. Yeah. So it basically just covers uh, the chase of Br'er, or Br'er Bear, Briar, was it Br'er? <laughs>
1: I'm just gonna let you fumble. No, let me
0: help me out with this one. Isn't it Brer Rabbit? Brer Rabbit, Brer Bear, and Brer Fox, and it's the story of the fox and the bear trying to catch the rabbit. That's all they focus on. They don't focus on anything else in the movie, but it's done really amazing. It's a dark ride, and uh, it's oh my god, I love that ride. I love it during the day, but at night it's like amazing to me. You laugh at me. You mock me on these things. It's, like
1: amazing.
0: I get, for some reason, that ride out of all the rides at Disney is the one that geeks me up the most. Like, and that says a lot because, um, like, the Haunted Mansion and Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean, those are two that I really relate to as a child. Because, like, Snow White's Scary Adventure and, um, what's it Muster Toad's Wild Ride that I used to love or 20,000 Leagues Under mm-hmm. the Sea were ones that are gone now that I absolutely loved as a child, but, Splash Mountain came later. Yep. But still for some reason that's the one ride I still associate with the most that to me like is Disney. <laughs> like it's got that Disney magic to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, enough nerding out by me. <laughs> are you mocking me? No. Are you making fun of me right now?
1: No, I'm just
0: looking at you. It's not the look of love though. It's like no. the look of disappointment, like, oh my god, I'm married to a large child.
1: Like I did it It's even true though. You are with a large child. <laughs> I am very aware of that.
0: But, yeah, and there, there's a lot of other controversies that Disney's dealt with.
1: Well, Re- Roseanne was recently fired from ABC.
0: And uh, they also dealt with Last Man Standing. Yep. Because there were some political issues that maybe didn't follow what Disney wanted to portray. Mm-hmm. And Disney said that had nothing to do with it, and maybe that's true. Maybe they just thought it the show grew tired and they wanted to get rid of it. Yeah but I believe it was still doing well in the ratings.
1: I'd be curious to know if there's some sort of contract stipulation that they have to adhere to like certain moral standards or something like that.
0: I'm sure that Disney wants, uh, obviously they don't want to lean one way or the other. They don't want to favor the left or the right or even the middle. They just want to be out of it. So if they've got something that portrays that on their television, especially on their the main Disney moniker, I know they, they have other movies. I think they also have touchstone, which, you know, they do a lot of R rated movies that you don't really even think is Disney. You don't see the Disney castle in the right. beginning. So you don't associate it with Disney, but I think if it's on like ABC or if it's actually associated with Disney itself, like, especially the movies, I don't think they want to go and push boundaries in any direction. Well,
1: that's what I'm saying. Though. I wonder if they set that up with the people they work with ahead of time or if it's like an after-the-fact thing, like oh, we can't have that, we don't want that. I wonder if they have it contracted somehow.
0: Yeah, I wonder because uh, Disney has tried to overcome that a little bit, and they, with Disney, they dip their toe. Yeah. Like they don't want to. They don't want to offend anybody right off the bat, but they also want to go and they want to change with the way the world's right. changing. And and one example would I guess would be Beauty and the Beast. Um, when they did the live-action Beauty and the Beast, they introduced introduced LaFleur as they didn't come out as he was gay, but they made it a very gay overtone mm-hmm. and didn't come out and say it, but they made it kind of obvious. Right. And there was some pushback on that and people had issues with that. So I think that's Disney's way of uh, introducing a gay character without actually introducing right, a gay character. Right.
1: Because never actually said that he is. Right. Is sort of implied. Uh,
0: because there are a lot of changes out there in the world and, um, there's people that embrace it and there's people that push back on it. So it, it's when you have a company like Disney, who's trying to appease everybody under the sun,
1: you which though. you can't,
0: you almost have to like trickle things in without like upsetting either base or any base right, at that point. Right. So like we watched Beauty and the Beast and like, we didn't even think of that at first. Like we could care less. It was just I, a good yeah, character. I wouldn't care. Whether he had any like gay overtones or anything like we, we just could care less. Yeah. I mean, we're under the impression that we like people to be happy. Uh, I mean, we could care. you know, as long as you're doing the right thing, just enjoy life and be happy. We're not going to pick on you or point fingers at you or any nonsense like that. Uh, Disney obviously has to be a little more careful because they're a publicly traded company and they need to protect their own rear ends and not upset anybody. But um, they're definitely not, a company that doesn't deal with controversy. But I think overall they handle it fairly well. The thing with Roseanne, um, you know, she put out those racist tweets and they, they fired her right on the spot. I think that was the smart thing to do. I don't even think they didn't really release that as Disney doing it. They more or less pushed as ABC yeah, doing the ABC it. Yeah, ABC
1: is Disney. I mean, it's, that's.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was another big, I didn't even think of that controversy and that was recently. Cause yeah. It,
1: so I thought for sure you were going to bring it up.
0: You, you know, a lot of these things happen and they almost, because there's so much going on in the well, world. There's it,
1: always like another story. Yeah, over, and it, yeah. it gets
0: forgotten about. Right. And but 80, that was a
1: really big deal. I mean, because that was a big show there. It's huge. I mean, it was huge. And, um, but, you know, then you also have to think, like, well, what did they expect? They hired somebody like Roseanne. She's always had controversy around her. So it wasn't, I don't think it was shocking to anybody that it happened, but a lot of people were shocked that she got fired.
0: Well, yeah, because you always see a company that will balance money versus morals, and usually money wins out. Mm -hmm. Um, But to Disney's credit, they felt as though it was a strong enough uh, reflection on what she was all about, which I don't know why they didn't figure that out earlier. But they took it as a chance to to drop out and not worry about the money, which was probably the smart thing to do. Uh, They are bringing that show back, which... I don't believe it's going to do anything. I, I think it's going to be a to failure. I
1: mean, I, I'm still going to watch it. I want to see what they do with it.
0: We did watch the first. Uh, I, thought, I thought
1: it was a great season.
0: Yeah, we watched the first season. of Well, the, the newer version yeah. of Roseanne. And we enjoyed it. We enjoyed the uh, seeing the kids grown up.
1: Yeah, and I think that it was, you know, they handled some sensitive subjects. They handled some political stuff. They handled some racist stuff. Like, I thought it was pretty well done.
0: Yeah, I think what they did that was cool was they sh- they did their best to show both sides of yep. it. So, um they would show somebody with a little bit of a racist attitude, but they would almost like mock it, like you know, it's it's not the smartest thing to be to be acting like that. Right, so right. they would they would portray it, they would show it that yes, there are these attitudes in the world, but you know, it's it's not the greatest thing to be right. doing. So they're bringing it back minus Roseanne. <sighs> I'm sure it's probably going to be good in the beginning, but I I would assume it's going to tail off quite a bit because Roseanne, not only was she the actress that you watch, but she was also one of the main writers. Mm -hmm. So you're losing not only her acting, but you're also losing her personality and you're losing her writing that kind of brought these characters to life. So I hope it's good. I don't have high expectations. No,
1: but I'm going to watch it. I'm curious about
0: it. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to wrap this one up early. We have, uh, like we said, some, Harry Potter to watch, I always feel weird about that, like you ch I mentioned this in the group
1: you're a lunatic,
0: well, I mean, for years, it's always been Disney versus Universal, so I mean if uh but
1: is it really
0: if to them it is
1: well, yeah, to them to but people I mean, it's not to uh to people who I mean, there are tons of people in the Disney community who love Harry Potter,
0: yeah, and I'll be honest with you, the only reason why I avoid Universal is because I don't want to pay extra for it. It's expensive. Disney's expensive. Universal's expensive. Luckily, with Disney, that's our preference, so we do season passes. Yeah. To go to Universal for one day, I believe we priced that was like 140 bucks a day per person. person. So that's, that's an expense we really don't want to deal with. But I'm sure we will get there at some point. And obviously, we cater to our children. We love our children, and we want them to be happy. So if our daughter says, I need to go to see Harry Potter, then... I'm going to have to go see Harry Potter. I just
1: don't understand the whole like about it. I think you're being silly. You think? Yes, I do.
0: I'm not looking forward to it. I've always thought Harry Potter was kind of silly,
1: but But you can't like you form these opinions without ever. You've never seen a Harry Potter movie. You can't form an opinion until you've seen it.
0: Well, I'm a huge star Wars dork and it's almost like comparing like star Wars and star Trek. It's like
1: funny that you just said that. I know that (laughs) as we're
0: surrounded by star Wars. Um, it's almost like two different types of people, like uh, like Star Wars. No, before you shake your head, oh, I me, mean, okay. like Star Wars is a little darker and, uh, to me, like more masculine. And then Harry Potter is like fairies and wizards and kind of more nerdy. But I know there's – Harry Potter fans are like Star Wars fans are nerds. And I can respect that. I can see where they're coming from. But I
1: don't think there's that polarity that you're alluding to. It's not like that. It's it is not, with me. It's not – but it's not – Star Trek versus Star Wars. It's
0: not the same. I almost think it was like following a sports team. Like, I love the Yankees, and if I know somebody that loves the Red Sox, like, I don't. No matter how good of a person they are. Not
1: the same thing. Well, listen to me. Like, To me, like, if you're
0: a Red Sox fan, I'm not gonna like you right off the bat, but you can win me over eventually. Like with me, I'm like, if you like Harry Potter, how can you like Harry Potter? You'll win me over eventually because I'll like you as a person, but right away I'm like. How can you like Harry Potter?
1: But how can you even judge somebody when you've never seen it yourself? You don't even know anything about it. You sound like a because fool Because I'm opinionated. Right now, but you sound like a fool.
0: Well, I never said I wasn't foolish. Well,
1: I want to make sure that you're aware that I think you sound like a fool
0: right now. I am totally aware of okay. my foolishness. And with the, the Harry Potter thing, I'm sure they're going to be good movies. They're going to be well-made. You don't make billions of dollars if you are just awful. I shouldn't say that because Twilight is ridiculous. And I think that just fed off of like, crazy teenage girls. They put a bunch of, like, good-looking guys and girls in there. And, People
1: went crazy over the books before they came out the movies, so that's an invalid point as well.
0: Those movies were bad.
1: I agree the movies were not great, but the books were
0: good. If you guys have ever seen Twilight, just the scene where he's, like, all, like, he's glistening and running through the woods with the girl on his back, like Luke Skywalker or Yoda, like, it's so bad it's laughable. It's like one of those movies that you watch to make fun of. The fact that that made billions of dollars, like, shocks me. Like, um, I'll say this, like, for people who like um, like comic books, like comic book movies, we still expect quality. Like, when they put out The Catwoman with uh, Halle Berry, us nerds who enjoy those superhero movies still realize that was a bad movie and we didn't flock to see it. It failed miserably. And when Marvel started putting out Marvel movies, they were high-quality movies, and we went out and saw them because they were good-quality movies. If they put out a crappy Iron Man and made it like a total joke, people are going to recognize and say, this is garbage, I'm not going to go see it. But for some reason, those Twilight movies, the worse they got, the more people went out and saw them.
1: But I don't understand why you're...
0: you're I'm just saying because I know Harry Potter has made a ton of money, and I know that's because it's quality. I know it's probably going to be a good movie. We're going to find out shortly, but... Um, I was trying to say like, it made a lot of money that it had to be good, but there are movies that have made money and did not do, were not good movies, but anyway, we're going to let you guys go. Uh, We will be on one more time before the telethon midweek. We'll go on and, uh, we'll kind of get you guys prepped and ready for our telethon show that is on July 29th to raise money for the American Cancer Society. We have finalized all our guests. And I don't have the list in front of me, so I'm going to use Old Man Brain right now and try to give you the rundown. We have Jenna. I'm going to ask my wife I for think help. It's
1: Lane Wall. Lane Wall. Elaine Wall. But what I said, not what he said. What
0: she said, not what I said. That works for the American Cancer Society and is kind of our kind of our liaison. And
1: she also used to work for Disney. And
0: she worked for Disney. Mm-hmm. She is going to be our first guest. We're going to talk to her about the charity and some of the things it does for people, how it helps people young and old, and then, um, and this might not be the correct order, so just bear with me. We're going to have Kevin John on, who is a Disney master artist. His artwork is actually going to be featured, the featured artwork for the Wine and Dine, and he's also the guy that did our podcast logo, the initial podcast logo, so I'm very excited to talk to him. We're going to have Rudy Novotny on, where if you've ever seen or been at a Disney race, he is the MC you're there for. He gets you psyched up. Very excited to talk to him. Fitz Kohler. She is also a race MC, a fitness expert, and does a lot of races with Rudy Novotny as well. She's going to be on. We're going to have Terry Harden Jackson, who was a Disney Imagineer for years. She worked for Jim Henson as a puppeteer. She's an, an author and just an overall really cool personality. She's going to be on. Jimmy Horn from the Disney Nerds Podcast will be joining us. Really great guy, really great podcast. You guys get a chance, go check out the Disney Nerds Podcast. We're going to have Mr. Chris and Cousin Danny on from the Behind the Ears Podcast, which a a couple of my favorite, I give Danny a hard time, uh, but the two of them are really great. They do a lot of live feeds. Get over and check them out at the Behind the Ears Podcast. And boy, you know why I hate doing this? Because I'm so nervous. Like I forgot somebody because uh, these people, um, we did approach John Panda. He really wanted to do it and was busy that day. We approached RJ Ogren and he was, he told me right away. Yes, I will do it. He was busy that day. Uh, Danny McDermott's going to come on. He uh, was the one that started the podcast with me a year Mm ago. He's a, a comedian and actor in California. And, uh, one of my good friends. Yeah. He's going to come on as well. I'm going through the list right now. Nah, we got everybody. So we're really looking forward to that show. It's going to be the 29th of July, which is next Sunday. It's going to run from noon. We're saying between four and five.
1: Well, I mean, we, our last guess is at four, so it's not going to end at four.
0: That's true. It's probably that'd going be a really be guess. It's probably going to be
1: five.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's going to probably run until at least five o'clock. We are raising money for the American Cancer Society. We will be posting links. We will be giving stuff away. Um, it, it's a very near and dear charity for us. So mm-hmm. we really hope you guys get the word out there for us. Share the links, Please. share the video and donate. If you can donate, we're not asking you to donate your paycheck. If no, you can donate five, five bucks. bucks. I mean, it, Danny knows Danny has worked for the American cancer society in the past. Uh, you do have your big donators, but those $5 donations, they mm-hmm. add up. We have 27,000 people. In our Crazy for Disney group, if everybody gave a dollar, oh, you're looking see. twenty so Obviously, you're not getting any of that. Um, but our goal is to raise at least $3,000 on that day. And, you know, we're going to put our heart and soul into this. It, it's not easy to come on to a, a radio station, a podcast like this, and even do an hour-long show. It, yeah. It, it's it's I mean, people it's a lot of
1: work. It's a lot of time. It,
0: it really is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot you got to talk about. It's, it's hard to remain interesting to keep people's attention do you
1: really think you're interested you know what the
0: crazy thing is we have a very high retention rate which (laughs) which shocks me uh we get stats like where we're listened to how many people listen to us it also keeps track of how many people turn it on like this guy's annoying as hell i'm turning this off and shockingly we have a like a ridiculous completion rate it's over 90 percent it's scary. I
1: mean, I don't understand it, but... Hey. I
0: don't understand it or, <laughs> either, but, you know, Danny and I definitely appreciate our support from all our fans and uh, listeners out there. And we can't say enough for the people that are coming on for this show because yeah. they're taking time out of their extremely busy schedules to help us out. On a
1: Sunday.
0: And, and we just approached these people, what, two weeks ago?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And to their credit, we asked them once, can you do this? Yep. And they all got back to us at and they were
1: like, Absolutely. what time and, yep.
0: and where. So uh, we are forever grateful to these people and grateful to our friends and family that donate. So we will talk to you guys during the week and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye guys.